Hello again, it's me, Jen. This is Lockdown Mums, the podcast, the show where I will be chatting to you lot about what it's like to be a mum or become a mum during lockdown. This week's episode, I have the beautiful Louisa, um, and she's going to be chatting to me about what it's been like to go back to work. That lovely thing that we all dread as soon as we go on maternity leave. So sit down, get comfy, grab a cuppa, grab some wine, and let's get on with the show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Yay, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid microphone. <laughs> and now it's still fine? Yeah, it's perfect. I can hear you great. Okay. Yay. Yeah, because I, I wasn't on speak on phones first. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. How are we you? Yeah. How are you doing? Good. What have you what been have doing you been today? To? You first, we you first. Had, I had the osteopath which is my second home these days <laughs> uh, trying to fix everything it's just yeah how's it going yeah, yeah it's been helping I just she says that we're basically just trying to maintain my body as okay as possible seeing that picking them up all the time and it's, it's never going to be what it was before yeah but it's helping I have I have back pain, but I guess it's just everyone says that you birth the baby and then you have back pain. That's just what happens. Standard, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it does suck though. I know what it's like to have yeah. back pain and like when you've got it constantly. Yeah. Because there's no there's no way you can not pick up your child. Like that's such a ridiculous exactly. thing when doctors yeah. say, it. just pick up your child less. So, all right, I'll yeah. just, just I'll leave, leave them, them on the to floor. it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Do you get that on the NHS or do you have to pay for that? No, I have to pay for it. Oh, it's expensive, yeah. isn't it? Osteopaths. Yeah. 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 So I'm doing like a few in in a row, kind of like every week. And Inez is going as well for her teething. Mm. So it's like, it's a, an investment. Yeah. Um, and then I'm I'm hoping I can get some time, uh, some time and start doing yoga again. And that should yeah, that'll help, help with everything. Yeah. yeah. Aw. Well, hopefully... In a few months' time, when she learns to walk and stuff, yeah, it might be yeah. a little bit easier. And things can, if if I can get someone to stay with her for a minute and I can do yoga, that would be. When things get back to normal, isn't yeah. everything postponed until <laughs> things get back to normal? We're just going to keep saying that for the rest of our lives, aren't we? When yeah. things get back to normal, <laughs> I think I think I'm actually yeah. I'm just going to the osteopath because it's my one chance to get out of the house and see someone. So like, ah, yeah, I'll pay for this. I'll pay for social connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You forget, don't you, how easy it is to just stay in your own little bubble during lockdown. Yeah. I was saying to I, yeah. someone, who was I talking to? Someone the other day. Oh, it was, it was my manager's at work. Um, and I said, I haven't left this side of town since October. <laughs> really? I've literally been on this side of town since the end of October. How that, how depressing is that? <laughs> so you haven't gone into Bath or like anything? I've gone, the furthest I've gone is we drove to a friend's house to drop some stuff off um, and that was it. And that was on like the other side of town on Western and we didn't really stay. We just dropped it off and left. So yeah. to be One honest, thing. I love it. I, I do... That's the problem is I could just get used to staying here and then just go for a little walk around because I have to walk the dog. So 
gets me out as well. But I, I do love it. I do love staying home and not having plans. I look forward to the day when I don't have plans, but it's it's rare. It just happens that there's always something. There's the osteopath or going for a walk or doing this. So it's good to have a bit of both. Yeah. I am looking forward to just being able to have a human conversation with somebody in person. Like, Sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cafe. God. All those plans of days and days spent in a cafe eating cake and oh, <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> no. I don't think this is what you imagined when you started back to work that you'd go back and this was still going on. <laughs> That's the thing. I just, I didn't want to go back to work because I thought I still haven't had my maternity. I still haven't had all of that that I hoped and wished. I'm not ready to go back to normal life. But what? actually... Weren't you supposed to go back to work in November? Was that your plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How so, do you feel about that now? <laughs> <laughs> when November came... um, she was five months and that was always the plan. It was going back to, to work when she was five months and then two days a week and then slowly increase. And actually, I, I, I felt like I had to. Obviously, I didn't want to. I was like, I had crises almost on a weekly basis of what am I doing to my baby, going back to work, and I didn't want to. And, but actually, two months later... It just felt, I don't know what changed, but it just felt like the the right thing to do. I I wanted to. Mm. What so, made you What made you feel like you had to go back to work that early? Was it pressure from work or from society or? Well, that I I, I had to do therapy on myself to try to understand because <laughs> I had moments where I just felt like I had to go, and that's John asked me that question so many times. Like, why do you have to go? You don't have to go because. The thing is, so I work for a private uh, practice, so I don't get maternity. I didn't get paid at all, which is a whole nother mm-hmm. conversation. But um, so in my mind, I thought this: as soon as I'm ready physically to go back to work, I have to because I can't not earn money. I it's just, I, it didn't even cross my mind. And then we sat down and John actually told me, you don't, you know, you don't have to go back. So, cause so far you haven't been working and I've, I've, we've been fine. And so you can stay for as long as you feel like you need to, because we've been okay so far. And, and when we had that, that conversation for me, knowing that I didn't have to go back to work, it was kind of like, Oh, and it, it was strange because I thought if he's, if he tells me I don't have to go back to work, then I, I don't want to go, then I'll, I won't go. That's fine. But, but it, it, it was kind of my one way of knowing that actually the pressure was for me. I felt like I had to go back because not only because I wanted to, you know, have my independence and have my money, which is not so much about that. I think it was, I was so scared of staying away for so long that then it was going to be just so much harder. Mm. I think I I put this thing on me that on my kind of like a, a, a time scheduled a time that I, I had to be at work before it before I've been out for a year because then it's going to be much harder and I you know I, I was worried I wasn't going to know how to work I wasn't going <laughs> to I shouldn't say this in front of patients but I was like what if I forget how to hold the the handpiece and do the, the things that I have to do so I think it was more for myself I was just 
I didn't want to let it go too too long because I was scared of not knowing what working was going to be like. Mm. Um, so it was good to know that I didn't have to go back because then I went without the pressure of this is it now. I have to keep. So, so we we made an agreement and we said, you go back, you go back for a week, two weeks, three weeks and see how you feel. If you hate it, you don't have to stay. We can, you can stay on maternity for another six months, a year, whatever. And that for me was kind of like, just a weight on my shoulders. And I went back to work and I loved it, which mm. I, I, I've never really loved going to work. I mean, like everyone is. And for the first time, maybe because of what's going on, you know, it, it felt normal. It's yeah. like when I'm at work, there's no, it's kind of like there's no COVID. There's nothing like that. It's just, oh, this is another day of work. And I'm talking to people and I'm, it just feels if it, it feels like you have a little chance of connecting to someone which you can't these days outside of your house and it's been nice to like ask everyone what is the last year been for them and what have they what have they been up to and just hear different perspectives of what's going on yeah. I always come back. I, I always come back, and John says it's like, almost like I'm I'm high. I'm like super <laughs> hyper. I'm like ah, I've talked to people. It's it's so exciting. It's become a luxury, hasn't it? Now to, yeah. to have human connection and have, just have a normal conversation. Yeah, with an adult. and I even get to see them without a mask, which you you don't these days. I get yeah. to see people's faces. It's so exciting. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I'm glad you're enjoying it because it is quite a stressful thing, isn't it? Like deciding when you're going to return back to work, whether it's financial reasons or like you said, Mm. because you would just want to be back at work. Um, So did you, because you're with a private practice, does that mean that you don't qualify for statutory either? Uh, Yeah, so I have that. um, But you didn't get anything extra. Yeah, nothing extra. So it was it was the first time since I started working like 13 years ago whatever that I didn't I didn't earn enough money to sustain myself especially now that I have a baby which I think it's also been good for me to kind of like first of all it it teach me how to be more careful with my money and know which it would anyway have been easier because you all of my money goes up goes on going out for dinner (laughs) buying food to be honest that's what I so and you can't you can't go out so I would that that was easy but also it was nice to just learn how to not be so you know independent woman you have to make money for yourself no we were a team and it it's been nice in that sense to feel like looked after in a way I definitely feel that's one of the hardest things I've had to come to terms with because I I don't earn a huge amount of money. So even on being on maternity leave um, isn't great, but um, I've always felt like I need to be able to provide for myself and like yeah. but everything in our relationship is 50-50. And like on the bit, like the run up to Winston being born, I started to get really anxious about us not having enough money to get by and like what was going to happen because when Winston goes to nursery so he's going for three days and I'm going back to work for three days so I'm essentially going to just be paying for Winston's nursery and that's it which means Mm -hmm. where where is that other money going to come from and and John keeps saying like it's going to be all right it'll be fine but like I'm always just like how are we going to afford this (laughs) yeah it must, it's such a challenge for mothers to 
to make that decision to go back to work because it's it's like do you go back so that when your kids are in school you've still got a career and you've still got something to do or do you not go to work stay at home and be with your kids and then when they are old enough and you've got more time you then have to think about how you're going to get back into the workforce and that in itself is going to be a whole ordeal for women I just don't think men quite grasp that emotional worry I think and and then yeah the the emotional part of it all as well yeah because you feel guilt as well don't you because you're essentially like right I've got to give my child to somebody else because I need to go and earn a living and be able to have something for myself yeah and that again is something that I don't think men probably feel as much as women do and the worst thing is there's guilt both ways I, I I felt guilty for leaving in Eddie nursery for me that was the the hardest thing was how am I doing this to my baby like that I just felt this is the wrong thing to do no good mum ever does this you know I was putting so much bad energy on my decision I was like if I was a good mum I would decide to stay with my baby over my work always And, and so that on one side I had that guilt and then I had I had the other guilt of my manager is expecting me to go back to work in November and it's already January and I I'm, I haven't even started yet. And so I, there was the guilt of letting down work. And and again, men would never have to deal with this. And then my manager and the, the team behind the practice is mostly male and, you know, they don't pay maternity leave. So you can see yeah, where they stand. Think about all, it. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> so the fear of having to ask to reduce my time to my hours to two days a week. It was incredible. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, we should, it should be a given that, well, we're coming back from work. No one's going to expect you to work until 8 PM like you did before. But I was so scared of having to say, Oh, can I not do the late nights anymore? Because, you know, I have a baby and, and it's, it's, uh, I think now that I've done it, I've, I feel I'm so happy that I've done it. And I feel so I'm kind of I just want to tell everyone like to to just ask for what they want and ask for what they need, because otherwise we're just always going to be put behind because we're women and we've had babies, which is the the way to make this world go forward. And it's, you shouldn't feel guilty for asking for it either. Like I think. Yeah there's such a um, taboo on like coming back to work and expect like people just think, Oh, she's had a child. So she's going to expect to do all of this and do all of that. When really like, if you've got no idea what it's like to have a kid, then screw you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But also you were a kid one day and and someone needed to look after you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I had to tell myself that a lot when, when all of that was going on and, and, Oh, it was so hard. It was so hard to decide to go because it just, everything felt like it was the wrong thing to do because I wasn't, I wasn't going to work enough. I wasn't going to be at home enough. I wasn't, is, but then now being, being at work has been really nice for me to get back into the swing of things mentally because I get to get to be out and talk to people and also for Inez has been so good to have the opportunity to go to nursery 
And this is the other thing, maybe if we weren't in a pandemic and we we would have been meeting anyway and she would have been seeing her family a lot more and her cousins and maybe putting her in nursery wouldn't have been a great decision because she would have had, you know, uh, an opportunity to see life for what it's like mm. in in real life but because she hasn't it, it, now I feel really reassured that this is the best for her first of all because she's she's happy there and you've seen the pictures she's like loving life and and but also because she's seeing other something that I could never provide a home other you know an environment that mm. is just not happening at the moment so it's and, scary and, though isn't it like yeah the thought of just handing off your child to essentially a stranger <laughs> and the worst <laughs> thing is yeah and you're handing your world you're literally put, putting your world into someone else's someone else's hands and you can't even see their faces because mm. they're wearing a mask so I was consumed by the fact that I couldn't see the face of the person that was looking after my baby so much so that I ended up asking if I could see a picture of the person <laughs> Because it's just, I mean, it doesn't matter what she looks like, but it's so weird when you, you can you see the expression. Can you? Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm assuming, so, like, when a nurse is at nursery, like, they don't, ha- the staff don't wear masks around the kids. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, it's just that would parents. be bizarre, wouldn't it? Can you imagine your kids thinking, like, what is going on with all yeah. these adults? <laughs> they all look like aliens. Yeah, they have to learn how to eye read. You know, like, when you read, they be eye read. Are you smiling? You're really angry. Oh, I am really nervous though about Winston going to nursery, and I'm sure I'm sure it will pass. But mm. it's just like he's got so many little quirks that yeah, only and I no one else about. knows about. Yeah, I'm going to be really upset if like I leave him and he's crying and like all he wants is just a cuddle from his mum and she's not on there. Yeah, I felt exactly the same. But the the good thing and what I would what I would say is make sure you have a lot of time between the settling in sessions and when you actually have to leave him for to go to work because you never know and we had a lot of settling in sessions before starting and I think that that's what reassured me because we I I was only leaving her for an hour so one day I I left her for an hour and she did lunchtime there and then one day I left her for an hour and she did nap time there and she obviously did sleep because it's all too (laughs) exciting for that but so by the by the end of it, I knew she could eat when she was there, and she the other kids were already asking, "Oh, is Ines coming today?" And Aww. so she already had a little. Uh, there was a She's sense got a fan of fan group. <laughs> yeah, she belongs there. Yeah, and and that really helped. Also, knowing that if anything goes wrong, I always said to them, "If she's upset, if she's crying, please please call me because I'm I'm only at home, and I can I'll I'll just I don't want to I don't want her to be here and be upset and then start associating naturally with." Mm, stress negative yeah and and so that's what I would say is make sure you're free when you leave him there the first time yeah so for he's going in March for Thursdays and Fridays and I'm still off work until April because um, oh, I, I had some holidays so he's literally like a four minute walk away so for those yeah. two days that he's there I know I'm going to be close and I think that would definitely help that he would have been there for a month before I go back to work oh that's perfect and yeah. then you can just do a morning or an afternoon and you know what's going to be the best thing yeah I mean and we love them to the moon and back but the best thing is when they are in nursery <laughs> and you come back home and there's no one home 
and there's an empty house and you don't have anything to well there's probably a lot to do but you, oh but screw that i'm gonna sit on the sofa yeah and you just sit on the sofa and there's no noise there's no noise and nothing oh that was the best feeling ever there was one day when i didn't have i didn't have patience like so i she could have stayed home but i was like no go to nursery anyway like because i want her to like get the rhythm or the routine of she yeah. knows to and i just came back home and it was bliss so that's that's that gonna to make it feel to. it's a silver lining yeah. for sure yeah so um i've got a question actually because i i don't i haven't spoken to anyone from the nursery for a while but obviously do they have their own like set routine at the nursery with like meal times and nap times and have you tried to fit her home routine around that now so that she, her, her routine kind of stays consistent or have you um, just kind of just I am go? the absolute worst at routine so even if I wanted to <laughs> I, I just fail that's probably a good fail. thing that's a good thing less oh, stress no because in the beginning see you know you read all these things with newborn routine and stuff and I'm like right we're gonna do this routine I can't I just fail time just goes when and then I, I was just feeling so anxious and so stressed. I, I let go of all of that. So she, they do have a routine there. So they kind of like they have a little snack in the morning and then they have nap time and then they have lunch. At a, but I think nap time, I don't know if they have a, a time, like a special time for the nap time. I think it's kind of like when baby starts getting tired. Mm. Um, but definitely they have a set time for snacks and for lunch. Um, and so the first two weeks or so she came back home and she wouldn't nap she didn't nap for like over a week mm-hmm. I told you that it was like there's no point I, I would put her in a cot and she'd be like no <laughs> what are we doing here it's party time <laughs> and I think it's because she there she had such a good routine and then she comes home and it's like it, I have a structure as in what happens first and second and third mm-hmm. but there's no, it's not a, a specific time so she'll have breakfast and then she'll have a little bit of playtime and then when I see she's getting tired so it's not completely loose, but yeah, the the trying to match the routine of nursery with the routine of home didn't didn't work for us. But now she's getting better again. I think she's she's understanding that it's two separate things. And yeah, it's just a phase that they have to go through because it must yeah. be such a change for them as as well because yeah. it's been lockdown and like they haven't had the benefit of being around lots of other people and getting to yeah. know that those kind of situations they go from being with us all the time to them being thrown into this completely different environment that's a sensory overload full yeah. of loads of other kids and loads of adults like no wonder like for the few weeks that she'd been there that she was just kind of all over yeah hyper she was completely hyper those yeah, I think that's that's it. She was suddenly had she was having so much to process mm. with all the, the develop development stuff that was going on. She was trying she was trying to stand and she was scrolling and this and that. So I think it was kind of like there's too much to do. No <laughs> time bit, to sleep. A bit like how you felt when you went back to work and you come home and you'd be like yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? How quickly it's gone. Yeah, I was thinking that today and how different last year, just, yeah, we would never imagine what would have happened, I think. When did you, um, sorry, no, you go. I was was just thinking that because we don't know any better. We don't know how we would have been if it wasn't for lockdown. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When did you, um, when did you go on maternity leave? 
so I was I was due beginning of June and I was going on maternity end of May mm. but then when COVID started started and because obviously with my work we are literally in people's mouths and I, so I, I there was no we didn't know at the time if it was um dangerous and a risk for pregnant women and so at the time I was really worried about going to work and potentially finding out that it was terribly dangerous and so I stopped in March so almost three months before I was meant to um, which was another pressure why I felt like I had to go to work so early because mm. I finished much earlier than I thought yeah um, and that it was nice because I had those you know we had an amazing spring and summer and I was just walking while pregnant and enjoying the sunshine so the one thing I would say to pregnant women would be if you can take some time off before the due date, not just because if it was so good to have time to enjoy, well, enjoy the quietness of the house before baby comes. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't I, I wasn't too like organizing or anything, like, you know, I, I think I did my hospital bag the, the day of my or maybe the week of my due date. It wasn't that. It was just just having time to do nothing, to read, to walk the dog. I think that prepares you to what's going to be the biggest change in your life and your body is going to go through so much. It's good to be rested. I'm mm-hmm. so glad I've done that because otherwise I would have been so tired. You know, physically work is tiring. And, yeah, I think in a way lockdown has had a, a lot of good points for me but yeah then there's the, the opposite of obviously my family hasn't seen my baby and all of that yeah it's tough isn't it yeah hopefully this year that will happen for you I, I keep my fingers crossed that that is something that will work she'll be running around and speaking Portuguese before yeah. she even goes <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah I was saying to John's mum the other day that it is it has been incredibly hard not being able to see family but when when my mum was young, her sister moved to New Zealand. Uh, she got married and moved to New Zealand and they had a baby. Um, and my gran didn't meet her until I think she was, I want to say she was maybe three. Really? Like she, yeah. And obviously back then you didn't even have the, yeah. you, didn't, you had to book a telephone call to talk to somebody. <laughs> it wasn't just a case of getting on Zoom and being like, hey, baby's arrived. Yeah. Just like, and oh, probably a bad week. line as well. Yeah. So... Although it has been really rough for us, I just keep thinking these times yeah. are a lot easier for people to connect with each other. And I just hold on to that in the faith that eventually things will go back to normal and we will make yeah. up for all of the lost time that we had. Um, so I try. Yeah, not to try I, th- I think so as well. We're going to make make up for it. And I, I hope that everyone is more understanding and, and is more accepting of letting people in my case I'm thinking I hope I am allowed to take longer holidays and people will understand if I need to go to Portugal for a month or so that I'm able to whilst before I would never do that before because because mm. of work um, and I think now you know in a way this is showing people how important it is to be around family and around people we love so yeah. I hope it's going to be 
change the mentality of how we think about life and that not everything is about working yeah. and making money and actually it's about yeah. having connections with friends and family and not taking it for granted which I think exactly. I definitely did before all of this happened so much me too and you were thinking about the stress of earning less money as your maternity and stuff and that's another thing that all of this has taught me is how you know we, of course we, we need money to pay for the house and the food but that's it that's it really we can live with we've been living with so much less i i don't need to go out for dinner every week like i used to and we don't need to you know there's so much that we had to adapt and learn and 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 there's no need to buy stuff or go shopping because we're not going anywhere mm. and i'm i'm really loving that that's all that's something that i always wanted to kind of be more of a minimalist and not have so much so many things and obviously not not being earning any money has forced me to and I really like it to just focus on what's important mm. and not so much on extra think you need yeah yeah except when it comes to baby clothes because then you need Oh, everything that you see so cute. <laughs> it's so hard not yeah. to buy baby clothes and I was gonna have all the clothes for my brother's baby who had a baby last year as well but because we haven't met I haven't been able to get all these clothes so I had to buy lots because <laughs> <laughs> it had to be so um are you happy to talk about your birth story yeah like to tell because I, yeah. I can't actually remember a huge amount about your birth story so I'm looking forward to hearing. no it was pretty and eventful considering well before before I talk about my birth story I have to say I was the person that my first thought as soon as I saw the two lines on the pregnancy test was how is this gonna come out <laughs> how I was terrified I was so 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 scared of the idea of the birth I think I had some PTSD because of a a coil experience with a doctor that was really careless and I was I was just terrified and so I took it as a mission to get myself ready for birth in well no before I before I did that I I asked for a c-section from day one whenever I saw the midwife I asked if I could have a cesarean and I explained I said um I'm really really scared I don't I I don't want to have a situation or when you everything is fine. And then last minute you have to have an emergency cesarean. I would prefer to just have one. I, I don't, I don't want to go through this. Mm. <laughs> just put me down. <laughs> um, and I asked and asked and asked and they kept saying, they didn't say no, but they just said, you, you're not in, there's no risk factors. You, are you really sure? Because the, the um, um, recovery might be longer and all of this. And in a way they kind of convinced me or made me believe that I could do this. And nothing wrong with the cesarean. I'm, I still think if, if you're so scared that it's making you not enjoy the, the, the experience of pregnancy, 100% go for it. Mm. Um, and I would have if I hadn't kind of taken this other path, which was I started doing hypnobirthing really early and I did a few kind of birth preparation courses to kind of just know what was going to happen and what I could do to make it easier. So, so um, yeah, also I think the fact that I had so much time off really helped because 
as I was getting closer to my due date, I, I had so much time to just rest and, and do the hypnobirthing and focus on just relaxing and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helped. So we, I, I was due on the 10th of June and on the 11th at 1.30 a.m. in the morning, I started having, and we, I was talking to a friend the other day, she was, she's pregnant and she was asking me, how do you know if you're in labor? And I was thinking, actually, I don't know. I, I remember waking up with a little bit of kind of like period pains, just a few, and I had been having that for a while, Braxton Hicks and some mm-hmm. pains here and there, because you know, when you're that far in pregnancy, everything just kind of hurts. And you, but that day, I just, for some reason, got up and went downstairs and I put a candles everywhere. And I didn't wake John up because I knew this was going to be a while and there was no point waking him, him up. I just wanted to be kind of in my space and I put my hypnobirthing um, meditation thing on and I called Bernie on the sofa, my dog, and we were just kind of chilling. And I don't know how I knew I was in labor, but so we, I stayed home uh, from 1.30 until 10.30, I think, in the morning, just doing you know, the breathing and all of that. It's funny because I was in a special uh, midwife group for people that are really scared of the birth. So I had this one midwife that was following me and she was coming home, coming here to my house to see me. So I didn't have to go to the hospital. And she was always super reassuring saying, don't worry, I'm going to be there. Whenever you go into labor, labor, just message me and I'll come even if I'm hot, if I'm, if I'm off and I'm not working. Aww. Rang her a million times. No no sign from her no one knew where she was she didn't she didn't answer so yeah we rang her from about 7 a.m in the morning so I had been in labor all night and then she wouldn't pick up and John and I were like okay we're just gonna have to do this ourselves so at 10 10 30 I was having contractions really really close so we rang the hospital to say we're coming in and my biggest fear was if I wasn't dilated enough because you know he wouldn't have been able to be with me. So I was like, I, I really don't want to go unless I'm really in, in active labor. Otherwise you have to go home and I don't want to be without you there. Blah, blah, blah. So I stayed as, as long as I could um, here, just doing the breathing all that. Then we went and I, rem- I, I just have, I remember like flashbacks. I don't remember the whole thing. It's probably the same with yeah. you. Just you remember like a little bit. And I remember having a contraction in, on the way into the RUH and having to lean against the wall and be like, oh, my God, <laughs> these horrible people looking at me, but I couldn't move. And then I went in and I was four centimetres dilated so John could stay. Um, and so I had written on my birth plan that I wanted to do natural unmedicated labour for as long as possible, but I didn't want to do the pushing phase without... Um, without any pain relief and I, th- I thought I'll try gas and air but if that doesn't do anything I want epidural I didn't want the epidural for the contractions because I thought I can deal with that but I didn't think I could deal with the pushing that would be too much so I, I explained that they read my um, birth plan and they were super respectful we had our uh, playlist in the background which was really nice and when I was seven or eight centimeters dilated, they said, you're getting close now. Are you okay? And I said, no, 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 I want the epidural. So they gave me the epidural just for that final part, which was literally like the best. It was like 
oh, you, you go through all of that, which you know that the pain, 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 and then suddenly the pain just goes. And I could still feel the contractions. It was, you know, you can get different types of epidural. Now. So I had the one, I don't know what's the name, but you can still feel everything, but you don't feel any pain. Yeah. So you can feel something moving, but not actual yeah. pain. So yeah. I, could, I could move my feet and I could feel the contractions, but there was no pain. I was like, this is amazing. This is easy. <laughs> like, heavy epidural. Half an hour later, they said, are you ready to push? And I was like, yeah. And, and here she was. So it took like three pushes and here she was. Could you feel like yourself pushing when they told you to do that or could you not? Um, I could. I think I could. But I was doing my hypnobirthing pushing, which mm. is like breathing the baby out. And they kept telling me, no, 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 you can't breathe. Hold your breath and push. And I was like, no, no, no. But I, I learned that this is what you have to do. And he was like, those hypnobirthing people, are they here now? And I was like, no. Okay, so do what we're telling you in a nicer way than this. Um, and so, yeah, I, I could feel, I think I could feel, but, but it didn't hurt. It was mm. the best thing ever. I remember as soon as she was born, I turned to John. And I was like, oh, I could do this again. <laughs> of course, I had already forgotten all the other hours that I had been <laughs> suffering. I, do you know, what? Oh. I, I don't know if it was because of the medication that I had, but I actually find the pushing bit less painful than the contractions really? but I did get given pethidin oh. I think no I got given that like three hours before I started to push I think so maybe that had taken place but the contractions yeah. I had gas and air and pe- pethidin and even that was so intense yeah the, but, the, I didn't I I had gas and air and just made me throw up straight away John was oh, trying it. it. He was like, great. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely working. This is... And I was like, it's not working. Trying and trying. It didn't do anything for me. Because you have to get the breathing right, don't you, with gas and air. Yeah. And I remember like holding on to it and yeah. the midwife saying, if you keep sucking on it, it's not going to work. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm just holding it in my teeth because it's good to bite down. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. And John yeah. kept trying to take it away from me when I wasn't having a contraction. I was just like, no. <laughs> yeah. I swear I'm not having it but it definitely yeah. it definitely helped kind of like take the edge off a little bit I still want to try it again now to see if if it didn't help because I was in such a state or if it just doesn't work with me it didn't mm. didn't do anything because I I had um I had a couple of injections for sickness because I started to feel sick when I first came into the hospital and I I was sick in the bathroom and then oh. I felt really sick before getting in the pool so I think they gave me something before I got in and did you it, did you have a water birth? I wasn't planning to have water at all, but I I was put into a room with a bath, and I was like, I'm getting in. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. In. It was really nice, but because he he wasn't engaged properly when they examined me in the last section, I had to lie on my side with some pillows in between my legs and just kind of wait, and then yeah, you get to that point where you have a contraction, and then you feel the like oh my Yay. god what was that and it's like oh okay he's definitely coming now <laughs> and then I had to get on my back which wasn't my initial plan but I was in so much pain and discomfort I was like I don't care like this is okay I'm just gonna yeah. deal with it as it is it's and- funny because that's when you especially the, the hypnobirthing and every all of those kind of more natural ways of giving birth tell you about how bad it is to be on your back and this and that but when you're there I couldn't move I didn't mm-hmm. want to move I was on my back and that's all I could because it was so painful to even try and because I had these ideas that I was going to be 
moving about and then if I was like, don't even move my arm yeah because yeah. you know in our classes like Noreen was always like oh guys like here's like a really nice like massage that you can do for yeah. your wives and your partners when they're in labor um and she's like and sometimes like your partners will get to a certain point in their labor where they probably don't want you to touch them They'll get to yeah. a point where they'll get really angry. And that kind of happened for the whole of my labor. Really? I like, I'm in pain. Don't touch me. Just don't touch me. Oh. Give me some water. Give me a Harry bow, but don't touch me. <laughs> and See, John, we, John was amazing. <laughs> he yeah, dealt with well, it really well. John definitely learned, uh, heard that that lesson on the NCT course as well, because um, I don't know if you, if you remember when halfway through the labor or when I, I was already in the hospital, it, it, and I must have been like a little bit out of it because I was during contractions and he turned to me and he said I have something for you because I thought you might not want to look at me during all this and then he turns turns around and he takes his t-shirt off and he has another t-shirt underneath with Bernie oh. our dog and he's like so if it's really hard to look at me right now just look at my t-shirt and it's Bernie I'm even the midwives were nearly crying. It was so oh, cute. Oh, that's adorable. Yes, and then brownie points. <laughs> yeah, and then by and after a, a while again, because he he had all these things. It was so it was so lovely. I just get emotional just thinking about it. Um, when I was very very close to pushing, he was like, "I have another thing prepared." Just because I thought this could be very difficult and, and for you to, to focus and to give you motivation. And he brings this massive cardboard thing that he made with all the things that I have been really missing from pregnancy, like cheeses and wine and chocolate mousse because oh. of the raw egg and all the things that I wanted to have. is like, in case this has been really difficult, just focus on this. You'll be able to have this. It's like, it's, it's, the best oh best husband so, award for john well yeah, done that's great the midwives were like oh this is the nicest thing we've ever seen oh yeah they're good they're good what the midwives i was thinking that the husbands the husband the yes as well. <laughs> yeah he was he was amazing i just it, like you said most of it is just a blur I, yeah. I, I do remember like winston when he came out i just that sense of relief of off oh, it's over. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I can just ha have some tea and toast. Never yeah. has tea and toast tasted so good after. Do you know that I don't I don't think I had tea and toast and I didn't eat for 24 hours after. Really? What because you're just yeah, so well, like hyped up no, with adrenaline. They forgot about me. I oh, went upstairs no. and I thought eventually <laughs> they're gonna bring a meal. And they didn't. And and then I remember so because obviously. I don't know. Did you stay in the hospital? No. So we, I think we were there for about six hours afterwards and oh, then we wow. went home. Yeah. Good. I had to stay for three days. Um, so John had to, so this, the, the biggest event in our lives just happened. He's allowed to stay with me for an hour and, ha and then he has to go. So that was really hard because not only for me, because I had to be with this tiny little precious thing, but not him. Mm. I, I remember crying as they, they will you with a, uh, in a wheelchair to the ward and I was holding Inez and I was crying like I don't want to go without you and he was looking at me with tears in his eyes because for him it's even worse he comes home empty-handed after mm. it is really horrible so we used to go and walk Bernie um to the Wait and just stand by the window where, where I was staying and I would wave at him and show him Inez and <laughs> so we could see each other from the window so nice 
um yeah but i was saying this because of the food yeah so um i was waiting for someone to bring food around and no one would bring anything and then the next time it was only 24 hours later that one of the midwives was asking oh so have you have you had anything to eat and i was like no where's the food <laughs> i've just pushed the baby out and don't give me anything and she said oh there's a canteen down there you have to go there and help yourself i was like no one told me so then the next day john brought lots of food and nice chocolate and stuff and i i didn't even have tea and toast i just had all of our food Oh, bless you. That must have been really hard. I was yeah. so hungry by the time. Because I obviously, my, I went into labour at like five in the morning and didn't get home until like seven in the evening. So I needed <gasps> something. And obviously I wouldn't have eaten since about seven o'clock the night before anyway. So, that so was... did John stay with you the whole time and then until you come home? So John had to wait outside because I oh. went in to have my, I had to have a checkout because my waters had broken. And so I went in to have that done. And I remember, like you said, like walking down the hallway, like holding onto the wall, like trying <laughs> to just get there before the next contraction. Um, and so they kept me in, I think for about half an hour and John sat in the car and then they were like, yeah, I think you can just go straight in. And so he was only out in the car for at the most an hour, probably not even that. So we were really lucky. That's um, good. And then he stayed with me until we went home as well. I think the day that I gave birth was very quiet. I don't think there were many other women around. Otherwise, we might have been kicked out a bit earlier. We were quite yeah. lucky. But that's nice because those first days are so intense. And um, John being able to be with you, it's, it's so good because it's new for both of us. Mm. And, and it's kind of like, at least you're learning together. I remember coming home. None of us knew anything about babies. Uh, and But after three days, I, I had been taught a lot by the midwives and so I came home and he looks at me and I'm super confident or as confident as a three-day-old mum can be and he's like you, you really know what you're doing and I have not you know I really felt that he felt like he, that that gap really made a difference for him because he didn't have the opportunity to learn all those things straight away of course with time he did learn and now he's doing everything that he everything that I do but in the beginning I think that's really really hard and I'm glad that that stopped now husbands yeah. can stay and they can visit because yeah th these are things that could if he wasn't the the person that he is it could have been enough for him to not not connect with the baby and it could have been enough for him to feel like oh it's not my you know so I, I'm lucky that he he's who he is otherwise I yeah there, there might have been many mums that have struggled because of this yeah, space sure. that was forced. Yeah. Oh, well, I feel like we've probably nattered on enough for anyone that's still listening. So I think yeah. we wrap up the show with your uh, with your five things that you took for granted before parenthood. What about this? And I forgot. <laughs> Let Lumbering. me think fresh. I, I know the first thing I thought was time but actually no I I do I I don't think I have I did take time for granted I think I always appreciated when I had time to do nothing so that that's but oh one definite one my aches free body my it, it's you never think that you're just gonna be in pain and it, it probably shouldn't and it's not a normal thing but it, yeah I you know just the fact that 
getting out of bed hurts my back and things like that. That's, yeah, never imagined that that could be a thing. Um, what else? A good book, of course. <laughs> yeah, I have plenty in a pile just waiting <laughs> for you. one day. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the opportunity to be spontaneous and because as I said, I'm really bad with routine and and we've always been like that. For example, sometimes John comes from work at one time and then I would come back and sometimes we would feel like having proper dinner. Sometimes we just have wine and cheese. And so we never had a routine. And I think I definitely took that for granted that you can just do whatever. Now with a baby, you have to have such more of a, there has to be some dinner for the baby and there has to be some routine because she has to go to bed. And so that's something that I'm still trying to get my head around, like always have food and, and all of that. Um, how many have I said? I've you just, said three. You've got two more uh, to go. Or you can stop with three. It's up to you. I'm sure you'll think of more further down the line. Yeah. Uh, I think these are the main ones. They're good. It's, like it's, it's so much more good than bad becoming a mum. People only tell you about the, oh, your life's going to change so much and you're never going to sleep again and this and that. Yeah, there's a lot of that, but no one tells you of the joy. You you kind of, you wake up in love. Like, you know, butterflies in your tummy? It's, you wake up and it's like, oh, I get to play with her again. I never imagined that this was going to be a thing. And this is not something of, has nothing to do with what you asked. But <laughs> yeah, just for someone that it's is a, ca- a counter A counter strike against the yeah, butterflies yeah. for granted. Well, I will speak to you soon. And thank you to everyone yes. who's listening. Um, please listen again to the next show coming up in a couple of weeks. Yay. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>